0: Confessions of a corrupt liberal. I voted blue no matter who, because I thought I was saving the world. I was wrong. So you're voting for Dutaxis, a woman said to me in 1988. I was a lowly receptionist at a gym called Women Only, which was probably later sued out of business. I had to answer the phone with, we have the way, women only. This is Sasha. May I help you? For podcast listeners, a 1988 button, Dukakis Benson. I was undoubtedly blurting out this mouthful when the client noticed my Dukakis pin, because why wouldn't she? I told her yes, though I wasn't political back then, and I had no idea why I was voting for Dukakis. He was a Democrat. Being a Democrat wasn't something I chose. It was something I was. Some guy I was dating probably handed me the pin and told me to wear it, so I complied. Understandably annoyed, the woman said, Figures. You probably never even went to college. I remember this story all of these years later because it's still surprising to me that a Republican would insult a Democrat's lack of education. But it tells you everything you need to know about who had the power back then and who didn't. After that, I was determined to cobble together my many city college credits and attend UCLA. I would graduate as a transfer student at the age of 29. I was older than everyone else, but I was the first person in my family to graduate. Now, I was prepared for any sudden encounter with an elitist Republican. For the brief time I was at UCLA, I stumbled upon a political candidate, whose campaign had rolled into town for a rally. The year was 1992, and the candidate was Bill Clinton. He was tall and charismatic. He was charming and could give a great speech. Somewhere in this crowd is me, falling hard for a political candidate, a political movement, what I believed was the right side of history.
1: As I look out across this sea of young people today, I think how different life looks in the road ahead for you than it did for me when I was your age. Our country now is still a great country with so much good in it, but we could do so much better. Most Americans who've played by the rules for the last dozen years have been punished. The average family is working harder, spending less time with their children, paying more for education and health care, worried about losing their jobs, worried about the future of this nation. In California alone, a half a million jobs have been lost. Your state government is broke, and while you're building more jails, education is being cut, and as you well know, tuition is being raised. The middle class in this country is declining. The poor are increasing. Only the very wealthiest have done better. Your nation has fallen from first to tenth in the world in wages. What we've got to do now is fight for real change, change that will require us all to take on interest groups and big government, change that will require us all to assume more responsibility, change that will require us all to move away from a country in which the top 1% control more wealth than the bottom 90% for the first time since the Roaring Twenties. Change that will require us all to be one community again, to impose on ourselves higher standards of responsibility and to listen to one another again instead of just scream at one another to sit down together and learn from one another, and honestly try to change ourselves. If we're going to rebuild America, we've got to create more opportunity. We've got to require more responsibility. We've got to permit more individual choice and strengthen our communities. How are we going to do it? I'll tell you one thing, you'll never do any of it unless you change the presidency.
0: Quote, power does not corrupt, fear corrupts, perhaps the fear of a loss of power. John Steinbeck. I wish I could say I always had the moral clarity of someone like Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald, but for most of my life I didn't. I was a devoted Democrat, a good soldier for the left. I went along with everything, even when I knew it was wrong, even when I knew I was lying, because I'd convinced myself that winning meant more than just putting a president in power. I have been a willing participant in taking us to this desperate moment we now face, where both political parties seem crippled and bottlenecked, but only one of them has turned to corruption to stay in power. Only one of them has blocked any challengers to their preferred candidate, and unfortunately, it's the one I chose to support. I supported a party that became corrupt over time, and in supporting them, I became corrupt too. If you're wondering how seemingly respectable people like Jen Saki, Rachel Maddow, Rob Reiner, Barbara Streisand, or Stephen King can go along with such obvious corruption of our trusted institutions, that's why they are who I used to be. They believe they are fighting the good fight, taking down the bad guy, but they're wrong They're caught up in something they don't fully understand because no one will tell them the truth, least of all the legacy press. The duopoly, as we know it, has infected and destroyed American democracy. This has been true for a long time now. Corruption is the last resort when you can't get voters to turn out, you can't beat a charismatic reality TV star, and you can't fix what ails the people. Corruption is easy, Just get everyone to agree, silence dissent, and no one will be the wiser. Who's going to call them out? NPR? PBS? The New York Times? The Washington Post? MSNBC? Not a chance. They're complicit. PBS's Frontline just did a lengthy segment about the so-called threat to so-called democracy. But really, it's a story as old as civilization itself the powerful refusing to relinquish power.
2: The president's intent was to stay in power at all costs. This election
1: was stolen. I flat out said, I swore an oath. I'm not gonna break it. I'm not putting on no stinking circus.
0: They put their faith in Donald Trump, and he deceived them.
1: I don't think by any large stretch can you characterize it as
3: bipartisan. The Select Committee laid the path down for the Department of Justice.
0: Donald Trump is
2: going to be the defendant and the candidate. It's hard to imagine how it's going to play out.
1: Now on Frontline, democracy on trial.
0: Just imagine if Frontline told the truth. Imagine if they did real journalism. I learned my lesson when I wrote them and asked why they weren't covering the story of cancel culture. Of course, I never heard back. They're nothing more than propaganda for the state now, because that is what Vote Blue No Matter Who really means. It means you are part of a tribe, a movement, a religion, and now, corruption. Corruption can be the cozy relationship between corporations and politicians. It can be taking bribes from foreign leaders, but it can also be weaponizing our justice system to turn it into something that looks more like a Soviet Union show trial, the Jim Crow juries, the Oyer and Terminer in Salem, or Nazi Germany. Corruption can be declaring attacks on your political party as a tax on democracy. It can force all major big tech institutions to do your bidding, It can be deciding that the people of the United States don't have the power unless they choose the candidate they force upon them. It can be overt censorship by the state via big tech and a lying media that refuses to ask the hard questions because they know they'll get a call from the White House. It's a president who is failing on the job, but with a media that needs polls to tell people the truth because they can't do it themselves. That we're now watching a political party attempt to take down their chief rival by fast-tracking legal cases in hopes of a conviction, maybe jail time, because that will finally move the needle for Joe Biden, is terrifying. Do none of them even ask how we got here? No, they wouldn't dare, because then they would have to start confessing. But the question is, how long can they outrun the truth? Vote blue no matter who. I became a more radicalized Democrat during Bill Clinton's two terms as I watched the Republicans wage war. Investigations and eventually impeachment made people like me see the right as corrupt, petty, and our sworn enemy. That was nothing compared to what happened in the 2000 election as we watched George W. Bush pull in a slim Electoral College victory against Al Gore. It ended with a dramatic climax where the Supreme Court in the state of Florida, decided the election. For podcast listeners, the Wikipedia of the November 7th election. 2000 gave birth to Vote Blue no matter who. We blamed Ralph Nader for flipping the election to Gore, just as we blamed Jill Stein for flipping the election to Trump. What I know now that I didn't know then was that Gore should have won more states than he did. Why wasn't that the message coming out of that year? Why did we all decide beyond any doubt that something bad had been done to us? Why did we think our job was to find a better way to force ourselves on the disengaged public? It was like an arranged marriage. Vote blue no matter who we put in front of you. No matter their flaws, no matter their baggage, you don't have a choice because you don't matter. The way the party changed after 2000 was that we believed we were the chosen people, the ones destined to save the planet from global warming. We cast ourselves as the moral and righteous side, fighting against the existential crisis that was the Republican Party, the Bush family, and their investments in fossil fuel. Divide and Conquer One of the best ways to win an election is to do what they did in the Nixon era, Rat effing. Sabotage your opponents to win with dirty tricks. As Rick Wilson brags about in his book, Running Against the Devil, one of the best ways to do that is to boost a third-party candidate and drive a wedge between the opposition. Trump used this strategy to divide the left between angry Bernie supporters and the Hillary-Obama coalition. I could see Trump's strategy. I even made a video about it, trying to wake my side up before the election. I kept running around like Chicken Little, telling everyone Trump would win. I knew the history. I knew that Democrats don't hold third terms like we were attempting. Only Ronald Reagan had done it in 1988 with his Veep after term limits no Democrat ever had. Hillary was a long shot winner anyway. She was a woman. She was a former first lady. Trump was going to exploit the fracture between Bernie and Hillary, I kept saying. Vote blue no matter who. Many of the old videos I made for Hillary Clinton are still up on my old YouTube account. Here is one of them.
3: I'm Calvin Phillips with the Campus Reform. Today we're in Philadelphia at the DNC talking to angry Bernie protesters about whether or not they're going to be voting for Hillary in November or switching parties to vote for Donald Trump. Let's see what they have to say.
2: Posted on it on my social media and quite a few people are going to go with Trump. Um, some people are sheep and they're going to fall in line and vote for Hillary. As I spend time talking to Trump supporters, we agree on a lot of major issues that we're facing in this country. We're both mad about the same things.
3: Do you think other people like you are gonna go to Trump? Uh, I've heard that a lot of people are saying, they're saying to me, man, uh, thank you for saying what I can't say yet.
1: But I think what comes out of that convention bill is the understanding uh, that Donald Trump is the most dangerous presidential candidate in the modern history of this country, and that he must be <laughs> the king. Yeah.
4: best evidence ever that we've seen that our system is absolutely, totally rigged. It's rigged. And I used that term initially when I was running in the Republican primaries, and I was the first to use it. Then all of a sudden it became a hot term. Everybody was using the word rigged, rigged, rigged. But if you remember, I'd win Louisiana, and I'd find out I didn't get enough delegates. What happened? And places like Colorado, which was so good to me, but all of a sudden we find out that they don't have the vote and other things. Okay, I used the word rigged, and frankly, I'll be honest, If I didn't win in landslides, I wouldn't be standing up here. You'd be watching some politician who would lose to Hillary Clinton. Okay, believe me, believe me. I started winning. I learned about rigged very fast. I learned, but I used the term rigged. Then all of a sudden Bernie started using it and other people. Now everyone talks about rigged, but I'm going to keep using it because I was the one that brought it up and I'm the one. And I asked a couple of political pros. You ever hear the word rigged? It's a rigged everything. And they really, it hasn't been a thing used, I guess it has to be somewhere along the line, but it hasn't. But think of Bernie Sanders. Who's the most angry about this? I think the one with the most to lose is Bernie Sanders. Because honestly, he was waiting for the FBI primary. And guess what? He just lost today, the FBI primary. He lost the FBI primary. Bernie, my poor Bernie. Oh, Bernie. I feel so badly for Bernie, but you know what? A lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are gonna be voting for Trump. That's why we're asking Bernie Sanders voters to join our movement, so together we can fix the system for all Americans so important.
0: I demonized Bernie supporters. I mocked anyone who thought a revolution was possible. I did all of this because I knew the Democrats could not win with this kind of fracture in the party. The same thing is playing out now on the right. If you watch that video, substitute Ron DeSantis for Bernie Sanders and you'll see how easy it is to divide and conquer. I'm guessing Rick Wilson and the Lincoln Project are radicalizing and amplifying disgruntled DeSantis supporters. They have millions to burn and more millions to be made if they can deliver. What won't they do? I'm not suggesting Trump voters ignore this potential rat effing. By all means, patch that hole. Or yes, Biden will win again. Rick Wilson is not here to play. He's here to win. But I am saying what the Democrats did to patch the hole after 2016 has taken this country to a far more dangerous place than a Trump win ever could have. Every time a phony court case is decided by a jury, the E. Jean Carroll farce is the latest one. It's a reminder of just how far they'll go, how much power they have, and how many willing participants are out there doing their bidding. But when you become that disconnected from reality, you can't see what's right in front of you the whole time. There's a reason Al Gore and Hillary Clinton couldn't close the deal. There's a reason they had to resort to a billion dollars in dark money, ballot harvesting and changing last minute election rules just to drag Biden over the finish line. Do they really think sticking Americans with a president and a vice president they don't want for four more years is going to work out for them? Yes, because vote blue no matter who means you'll take it and like it. That Trump is still polling ahead of Biden after all of their dire warnings, after all of their fake headlines and their phony charges against him. He's still beating their top guy. And they force a victory for someone who hasn't earned the people's vote well, they're going to have much bigger problems on their hands than losing to Trump. Corruption Laid Bare We were never the resistance. We were always the empire. We have prevented anyone from breaking up the monopoly of the two-party system. We have stood by as a weaponized legal system puts on phony show trials to attempt to micromanage so-called democracy All of this corruption exposed to anyone who cares about the truth has turned me into a Trump supporter. But more than that, I vow to devote what's left of my life to helping to undo some of the damage I helped cause. On some level, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I convinced myself I was serving a higher purpose, climate change, racism. And that is the danger here. It isn't that they see themselves as dirty-dealing cheaters. Would that they were that honest. No, they see themselves as the new Puritans who have a right to claim this country, this internet, this republic for themselves. What should make us all concerned is the desperation they feel in trying to jail Trump before the election. Why? Because they are afraid he will win Imagine thinking you had more power than the American people to decide who should and shouldn't win an election and then force everyone to go along with it. For podcast listeners, a tweet from Barbara Streisand. Quote, Trump is using every legal appeal possible, however outlandish, to delay his trials until after the election. He also has the Florida judge whom he appointed in the documents case, who it seems is making a clear effort to avoid a speedy trial. And a video from MSNBC.
5: And so, to use your phrase, Jen, at the beginning of this show, I am officially now at the freakout stage. Um, (laughs) I've resisted that for a long time, but we are now. You don't typically
0: freak out, so that's important. Right.
5: Yeah, no, I think we're now at the point, to use a different legal phrase, justice delayed is justice denied. I mean, I can't imagine a more compelling need for speed than the idea that American citizens deserve to know before the election whether a candidate for office is a felon and an insurrectionist. And it's even more galling to me because this is an easy case. There is no responsible constitutional scholar who thinks Donald Trump is right, that there's an absolute immunity. that a the president can go and order Navy SEAL Team 6 to go murder his political opponent and then go and murder the senators who would try him for impeachment. That cannot possibly be right. And Judge Chutkin set a fast schedule here, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what the Court of Appeals is doing right now, but I can tell you that I'm really worried that it, this delay is going to meet, put the trial past June. Uh, it's possible that Trump will try and go to the Supreme Court after he loses on the Court of Appeals that can take months, this is a real problem.
0: In Peter Weir's film, Witness, the corruption runs so deep inside the police department that by the end of it, they've sent thugs to kill an Amish family to cover it up. Harrison Ford shames them by asking them, when is enough, enough?
4: It's all right. I'm a police officer. Man's wanted for murder. Now stand back. What are you gonna do, Paul? You gonna kill me? You gonna shoot me? You're going to shoot him? Sidlock? You're going to shoot him? Is that, you're gonna him? Yeah! Is that what you going to do, Paul? Him? The woman? Me? It's over. Enough!
0: Enough! I thought some of them might start to feel as sick as I did watching the raid on Mar-a-Lago. I thought when there was a coordinated effort by prosecutors to indict Trump that some honest people out there would say, wait a second, how did we go from being mad about the Access Hollywood tape to this? But every time I thought the Democrats had gone too far, I watched people like Barbara Streisand and Rob Reiner celebrate. How could they be this willing to go along with what is obvious corruption? Because they vote blue no matter who. They are robots by now, good soldiers for their righteous cause. If I could turn back time, if I could meet the naive receptionist working at Women Only with a Dutaxis pin, I would ask her, why she supported Dukakis? She would have no answer to that question, trust me. But instead of insulting her, I would say, don't wear anyone's pin unless you know who they are and what they represent. I would tell her that there will be this thing called the internet and that she's about to leave real life and spend the rest of her time online. Stay away from Twitter and Facebook, I would tell her. Register as an independent and make candidates earn your vote and never vote blue no matter who. I would tell her that she will one day have a beautiful daughter and never to waste one second arguing about politics online when she could be spending time in real life with her daughter, who will one day move out and whom she will miss terribly. Life is too precious to give your time to people who do not deserve it. My mom was a Ross Perot supporter. I remember mocking her over it. But when I look back on that year, I can't help but think Perot was the better option. I wonder how different our country would be if we'd been able to take a risk then with an outsider.
2: Everybody that understands politics will tell you this. What, what's happening today could not happen. They called me the day after the Larry King show and said everybody that wasn't employed who was looking for a job in politics call me. <laughs> and said, here's a common message. Don't you understand that ordinary people can't organize themselves, they can't get this done? Very difficult, very tedious. Well, you show them. Now, their position was, you had to be told what to do. Now, I've had enough of that myself. And apparently you have too. So congratulations on doing the job they said couldn't be done. Now, specifically in Texas, here's why they said, just forget it. Now, keep in mind, the hard part starts after November. So every time they say, just forget it, remember this hot day in the sun when you delivered, right? (laughs) Now, if you're going to quit, quit today. tell you when you can't quit if you love this country is after November you got you got to stay in the ring every step of the way Then anything is possible but here's why they said you couldn't do it the May the 11th deadline was too short the Texas petition process was designed to keep independence out the fact that you could only solicit people who had not voted in the primary made it a maze too difficult to get through and finally They said 53,000 signatures, just regular folks can't do that. Well, you know, in all fairness to them, you didn't. You did over 200,000.
0: I'd be lying if I said it doesn't matter how you vote, it does matter. Especially this year. I am hoping the Democrats are voted out by such a humiliating landslide. They never engage in this level of corruption again but it would be foolish to shame supporters of RFK Jr. or Dean Phillips or any other third-party ticket. If they can win enough votes to humiliate the Democrats, I'm fully on board. As for me, I live in California. It's not going to matter how I vote. But I've already decided it will be a protest vote, and for that, I must pull the lever for the guy who drives them the most insane. Voting doesn't have to be noble or virtuous. Sometimes it can just be about revenge. Thank you for listening to my podcast Sasha Stone.substack.com. and remember to thine own self be true.
3: I saw her today at the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection at her feet was a footloose man and I said that you can't always get what you want honey you can't always get what you want you can't always get what you want But if you try sometime where well, you might just find Then you might buy ah, Yeah Yeah So I went to the Chelsea drugstore To get your prescription for you In line with your friend Jimmy, a man didn't look pretty ill. We decided that we would have a soda. My favorite flavor is cherry red. I sung my song to my friend Mr. Jimmy, and he said one word to me, and that was dead. That you can't always get what you want, honey, and you, uh, get the man that you won't. and you cannot always get the man that you want, and you cannot always get the man that you want. But if you try, sometime it just might find, it just might find. you want, ah you can't always forget what you want, but if you try so